0: Thank you for the flattering intro. I'm not sure many of those hold, but i It's not shiver. flattery if it's true.
1: <laughs> Phenomenal performances by everyone, really. Direction, you especially thing, I think we were, we
0: were the star of the
1: show. Yeah. <laughs> who's flattering who now?
0: Have you ever been put on a smart tour where you've been kind of told to do explicitly stereotypical or bad stuff on stage?
1: I don't think I was that good at it. So, no. <laughs> Maybe because the stereotypical role is um, having no intellect and being very I loud know. and boisterous. And Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind not conforming to that stereotype.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Ah, for sure, that's you well debate. It's not nearly as fun. You don't really kind of bond with people as much as you do. It doesn't. Be as much to learn from it makes you kind of an asshole actually to start anything anybody says you start to kind of break it down oh man sorry if anybody is listening
1: to this thanks for anybody listening to this (laughs) hello and welcome to another episode of quarantine so just before we get into the main content of the podcast itself I just wanted to take a minute to discuss the format change for this episode. So Suvanch and I had actually ended up recording about an hour or so of podcast content. As a result, this episode has been split into two parts. So the episode you're hearing right now is the first half of the content and the first half of the Would You Rather round. And then for the next episode, we'll have the second half of the content and the second half of the Would You Rather round. Stay tuned and hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Quarantine. I'm your host Arnav. For today's episode, I have one of my oldest friends who's an all-in-one kind of guy. A theater connoisseur, music connoisseur, philosophy connoisseur, party connoisseur, a genius in basically whatever subject he picks up, and a current sophomore at Year NUS, Suvanch Throughout the 12 years or so that I've known Suvanch, there's one thing which has played a large part in maintaining that friendship. Theater, which is what this episode is all about. Hi Sumanj, so how's it going?
0: Hi Adam. Thank you for the flattering intro. I'm not sure many of those hold, but I It's appreciate not flattery it. if it's true. <laughs> I appreciate it. It <laughs> feels good to be it feels good to be in a guest context with you and hearing nice things about you.
1: And how's your semester going so far? Remote learning semester.
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's quite, it's, I, I hate, I hate remote learning. It's, because for me, it's, I till till the time I see people around me getting off their butts and actually doing some work, I don't get motivated to do it myself. So it's, it's been pretty hard to kind of get myself going. And Zoom classes are terrible in general, as I'm sure, you know, from last semester. But yeah, we're hanging in there.
1: So is it online only for you, as in you're the only one who's in a different country, so it's online and everyone else is in Singapore, or is it Uh, online for everyone and everyone's back home?
0: It's like partially. So um, I have four classes and one of them I'm the only one who's online. So everybody else is sitting in a classroom and I'm the only one walking into Zoom, so that's a little weird. But three of them, everybody else is online. So it's so that's okay. That's that's fine actually.
1: I don't suppose you have any theater related modules this time. I don't suppose (laughs) I don't. There was this really interesting play in a piece of writing which you had shared with me about how this play happens over Zoom.
0: Yeah. Has Yale yeah. and
1: U.S. explored any of that yet? or?
0: Um, I actually haven't explored much theater over Yale and U.S., but I'm sure, I'm sure there's a scene going on in Singapore right now, as there is in basically every other city of, of Zoom theater, but I'm not sure if Yale and U.S. has tapped into it yet. I think logistically it might be a little hard to recognize, although I was thinking about it. But it's a fascinating genre, man. It's, it's born out of necessity, so it's like Darwinian in a sense. It's like theater is adapting and evolving to kind of survive in the current state, but it's also something new in and of itself. So that duality, sometimes we're a little unsure about, okay, how should I even approach this? Is this its own beast? This, do I kind of expect traditional theatrical conventions from this? It's exciting because we're basically witnessing the birth of a new genre, right? And I, and I think one of the it, I think it's one of the cooler
1: things to come out of the last few months. <laughs> I think it's actually a beast of its own. Like I can't imagine the normal theatrical context ever fully evolving into this. I think this is just a new product on its own. Like if you think of any kind of place, right, there's a big element of human contact on stage and off stage, be it in makeup or you know, just like love scenes where you're like holding someone else's hand or like hugging onto them or if someone is dying then they're in their laps. So like there's yeah, the, I also don't see people wearing masks when they're performing. So there's just a lot of elements of quantum, which I don't think will make it to a normal theatrical quantum.
0: So I think it's beneficial to particular kinds of artists who are used to kind of particular kind of theatre. So I guess traditionally, say me and you would talk about the theatre that we like to you do. Know? A lot of it is kind of elaborate staging or, or a lot about lights, sound, effects. Um, that's kind of out of the picture. <laughs> it's, it's more uh, stripped down. It's more bare to the bone. Um, I think you'll often see kind of overlap between things and just dramatic readings of scripts. It's a fine line, actually. So if you log into a Zoom play and you, and you look at it, It won't seem that different from just how these guys would probably rehearse it, sitting in their own homes, just reading from their screen. So there's that element of, element of often like seeing the production naked in a sense, because you see it in its most, kind of most stripped down bare bones, uh, just raw theatricality, yeah.
1: There are actually forms of theatre which do explore that. Like street plays, for example. The whole concept of street plays to be able to remove the entire elaborate production, remove all, you know, lighting, remove elaborate costumes. And it's just about, if you're in your kurta and if you can take up props right. which you can find around your house, or on the street, how do you create something bigger out there? But even that's obviously like thrown out the window at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's actually, you're interesting you bring that up because one of the more interesting kind of parallels there is whose theatre it is, so, who, who does that theatre belong to? Because there's two, there's two very different kind of audiences for these two theatres, both of which kind of, as you pointed out, rely on getting rid of the traditional kind of proscenium stage, as they call it in theatre which is basically your traditional, um, at one side of the audience and the other side, there's a rectangular stage. Um, so both of them are involved in kind of breaking apart these notions these and these conventions of, of that stage. But the difference is, as you pointed out, street theatre is fascinating. See, theater is corporeal, right? It's of this world. I don't think you can even imagine it cast in the context of Zoom because it's for somebody else, man. It's it's for. Okay, I I want to say that the that the Zoom theater is for. It's a very bourgeois concept.
1: Yeah, this goes back to the piece which you had written. That's what I was thinking about. Is that street theatre, the point of it is supposed to be that, you know, you're reaching out to people walking on the street. You're reaching out to the everyday people who are actually walking on the streets and drawing their attention. Whereas for Zoom, it's like you need an invite, you need a password, you need an an, an internet connection to witness theatre, which is the exact opposite of the motive of street theatre.
0: Exactly, exactly. But there's kind of two different kind of schools of thought to this as well. I have friends who... So my friends who kind of more seeped in the western context of theater over there the kind of battle is being fought in terms of accessibility of theater you know so the elites they they have access to their broadway tickets and they go watch hamilton and they kind of enjoy that scene but it's 200 dollars a ticket so you know your average person you can't go so the battle for theater there is about accessibility and so a lot of my friends who who kind of come from those contexts and who come from uh, yeah and who come from those theatrical contexts they kind of welcome this. you know. They say, yeah, man, it's, it's, a, it's a great equalizer. It doesn't matter if you have you know X amount of money to get tickets to watch Shakespeare in Central Park and New York.
1: Specifically with Zoom, when you say that it sounds more like a dramatic reading more than an actual, you know, typical play, do you think that that paves the way for a greater number of people to try to become quote-unquote actors? the reason why i'm thinking of this is that because that's how most of us started before we got into actually understanding what theater really is like if you think back before ninth or 10th grade when we joined the theater club of our school at that point it was all basically just one thing if you can speak confidently sure you'd be good at theater. Yeah. Like yeah.
0: fifth
1: grade sixth grade level or, uh, interesting question related to that is then do you think that acting is acting specifically not speaking is nature or
0: nurture that's a fascinating question. I, I, and I've grappled with this for the last couple of years of my life. And I think the most convincing answer that I could tell to myself is that it, and here's the fascinating part, right? That it really depends on what you mean by acting, right? And so this might sound absurd and this might sound one of those answers. Oh, you know, what? Well, actually it depends. But it's, 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 it's a little more than just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little more than just trying to complicate it. So essentially, so this is fascinating, right? When I say the word acting, few things that come up in your head or in my head Um, and I love you and I even in school even in our theater club we were kind of conditioned to believe that this is this is the ultimate expression of acting is is a very Stanislavski kind of idea Stanislavski was this Russian kind of theater theorist who developed this idea of acting and specifically it's, it's naturalism it's it's channeling your inner kind of experiences and stuff that you've lived before out on stage so that it's as real as possible. And so when I speak, when I say good acting, you know, the first things, and pop culture kind of makes us believe this too. We think of stuff like, you know, method acting, getting into the role, uh, Heath Ledger getting into his character and and staying in character on set. And, you know, just just this real commitment to uh, the reality of a character. But the one thing that I kind of learned over the last couple of years is that that's just one idea of an actor. That's just one instance of an actor. And a shallow way to think about this is... um, Oh, different theorists have different kind of ideas. So, for example, Grotowski, you know, who's another theorist, would, would kind of really enjoy this Zoom scene that's happening because he was really, his, his kind of idea of an actor was more was more stripped down, was more bareback. His actors could mess up. His actors didn't care about costume that much. His actors were more you know, prone to read their lines off of a sheet of paper on stage and stuff like that. So that's one way of thinking about it, that there's different instances of actors and these different theorists have different instances. But I think the richer way to think about it is, is a little more personalized, and this might be a little cliche, but I genuinely do believe that it's dependent on the production, on the director, on the person. So I think there's different ideas of being an actor. Now, how does that tie back into the nature versus nurture? So the answer then becomes more simplified that, you know, some ideas of being an actor have different proportions of nature in
1: them. Yeah, I think about acting, like the way nationalism is given such importance, at least at the school level, is because I feel there's an element of it's much harder as a beginner to go into the space of you know full characterization staying in character on set versus just exploring a more loose form of acting in the sense that you know you're reading off paper you don't really deal with all of that naturalism you're not afraid to make it absurd you're not afraid of just performing and you know shedding those notions it's because at least on a school level it's like then anybody who's loud or anybody who can shout or anyone who can quote Bollywood dialogues is then like at the peak of that whereas in school it's viewed as okay it's much tougher for you to get into the character but yeah. I think there's something also really interesting which you mentioned when you joined Yale NUS and you were discussing the theatre series for the first time was there um, or not Yale NUS rather Muki, was that it was only in Muki where you explored more quote unquote freer art forms where you realized that all these notions they're essentially total BS And it's only once you understand them that then you go ahead and you break them and you explore richer, more refined forms of theater where the fact that you're not going into this whole characterization mode is not because you can't do it, but because even if you can do it, you're choosing not to it. Yeah, And yeah. for Nature versus Nurture, the first instance where I came face-to-face with this question was actually post this play we did called Drama Nagar. This full yeah. one-hour, 45-minute, two-hour play. Phenomenal performances by everyone, really, and direction. And you especially, I think I think I think you, you
0: were the start of the show, yeah.
1: <laughs> who's flattering who now? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that one of the alumnus of the club, so he was talking to me, i but he's like acting is really cruel man you either know it or you don't it's not you can't just learn it either either you know it or you don't looking back at that i think no that no that that makes yeah. no sense to me because yeah. i used to be incredibly shy until like sixth or seventh grade then through that one extracurricular 40 minute class in sixth grade of english theater, <laughs> that's that. when i started
0: I that's remember. when i started
1: getting into it i'd write I'd write horrible angry board scripts while we'd hide other, under study
0: desks in other class. Scripts were absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's
1: right. laughs> I had an entire notebook of just mindless scripts like that. <laughs> and then I got into like just making speeches and classical debates and stuff. And then finally, in eighth grade, was when I actually got into theater and yeah,
0: that, that, I, think so, so. I think no, that it's definitely not me.
1: Yeah, that was that was the first time I was on stage. So I think there's definitely an element of nurture over there.
0: You're right, if you're right, you can you're speak
1: right. confidently even in social scenarios, then there's, I think, definitely potential to at least go into some form of acting. Definitely,
0: definitely, for sure. You're right, you're right, because you see, all of us have that kind of arc as, as an artist or as just in terms of our kind of confidence level. You could make the case that, oh, I mean, that's nature too, because you're just growing up and like, you know, you're... <laughs> you gaining confidence as you grow, up. But I agree with you. I, mean, I think it's a little naive to kind of be, oh, either you have it or you don't, you're with it or you're not. I think that's also a little exclusionary because you see this a lot of times in auditions and casting and stuff as well. When you have a bunch of different actors to choose from uh, and the role really doesn't need a too specific a type of character. It's a, it's a, it's a more vague role that can be filled by, by sort of different forms of acting. You do kind of tend to side with often the louder and the more boisterous kind of actor because you just assume that they're more versatile. So yeah, there there, there is this there is this bias there even in casting
1: and, and... Bro, casting casting is a big one. Like number one, there's typecasting within roles. But about casting specifically, like typecasting, especially for like Saldar is like you're essentially always the Diljeet Dosanj or the Harbhajan or like I get the, it. I get the it the guy yeah. from Mohilaki Lucky way. That yeah. that description in itself is typecasting, like that guy from Mohi Lucky Lucky.
0: That's that's, well, yeah, that's yeah exactly exactly and
1: even in like a school level right whenever you pick up any place there are certain limitations just because of appearance or what kind of characters you could pick up there always is this thing which you need to address which is okay sure you can play the character but what do we do about the hair then where does that yeah. go how do we incorporate yeah. that yeah. So, I mean, well, yeah, even on school level, that was there. That's some true. I never,
0: really, I never really considered this uh, while uh, kind of we were on our theater club journey together in school. Uh, I didn't realize it was such a big factor for you then. I think like looking back, of course, I see that well, it's crazy because you, know, you see this in pop culture all the time as well. You know? it's, 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 it's when J.K. Rowling kind of comes back and says, oh, yeah, Hermione was black. But then all these people are forced to confront with the fact that, oh yeah, okay, even when the movies weren't made, even when I was reading the books in my head, the neutral, the kind of default definition of Hermione was white. or you know? In the same way, the neutral, the default is, okay, this dude is not a Sadat. Do we have to recast it? Do we have to change it? Have you, have you ever been, in a, have you been put on a spot, Curious, Have you ever been put in a spot where, you're, where you've been kind of told to do explicitly stereotypical Sardar stuff on stage? I don't
1: think I was that good at it, so no. <laughs> as as weird as that sounds, no, I'm not <laughs> good at playing a stereotypical subject. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Maybe because the stereotypical role is um, having no intellect and being very I, loud the, and boisterous little time little, time, little,
0: Maybe yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I don't mind not conforming to that stereotype. <laughs> <But laughs> Go that goes back to stripped down theater, street plays, yeah. and even Zoom plays. Like that's why street plays, particularly, I really enjoyed it because. Anyone can pick up any character. All you have is that journey. Like, you have guys playing the role of girls, girls playing the role of guys. You have guys, girls becoming hounds for God's sake. Like, I mean, (laughs) there's no boundary there.
0: (laughs) But, you know, for all its... um, I think think Street Plays is actually... um, I think we were fortunate enough to kind of get a theatrical base in street theatre or the conventions of street theatre because I feel like that's actually... And that can actually open you up to a lot of stuff. So I remember when I shifted school after the eleventh, and I went to and I went to this this, and I went to study IB theatre. Basically, I w- reached P and I realized I do not know how to act. You know, <laughs> and that was a little startling to me because you know I'd been in the theatre club for
1: as the director. <laughs> if you read between the lines, it says King of the Batch.
0: <laughs> whatever that means, but you know, however shallow of a title that may be. But anyway, so all my, all my friends, all my friends, um, you know, did theatre and, and I've been doing theatre with Arnav since the sixth grade and in, in whatever small form or the other. In my head, I you know, I was pretty good at it. You know, In my head, I'd done enough to be considered good at it. But I reached Muki and, and for the first time I was thrown into a slightly more complex scene where I remember I was supposed to play a middle-aged man. My role was that of a 35-year-old. And I remember thinking, man, there's a 35-year-old dude. <laughs> because because I'm, I'm used to extremities in my life, you know. I'm used to uh, just, okay, if I want to play a kid, okay, I'll play a kid. And then I get into a very caric- I, I get into the caricatures of characters, right? And the middle age is like that. <laughs> that spectrum in your life. where well, you can't really caricaturize them, you know. And so I realized, wow, okay, on my life, street theater. What it had done was it had helped. I think, it, I think you'd agree with this as well, let me know. Um, is that it helped us kind of test our boundaries, you know, and see how far we could go. Physically, um, in terms of our voice, in terms of how loud we could be, it used to test the extremities, but it left kind of all of the area in the middle still to explore. And that's why I think it's actually a very good starting point, because once you chart out your boundaries, you know, once you've done all this kind of, you know you can play a hound on stage or on the street for 40 minutes straight, you know. You know you can run around, you have the stamina for that, you know you have the musicality of street theater kind of ingrained in you. You have all these elements in you that can forge a good actor. I don't think it takes that much effort to train yourself in, in, (laughs) say, a Stanislavskian way to then become a good actor.
1: I think if you've only done street theater, then there might still be a challenge. But if you've been a part of, like, the theater club in our school, where we had a combination of that, then yeah you definitely do get that base. but straight theater the point i'd say at least from what my understanding of it was is that you do pick up caricatures and you play on the extremities just so that you attract the audience because yeah. the audience isn't paying the audience are not taking all the time you need know, to draw them to your play and if you try to get into the subtleties of acting like oh okay he's he's angry and i can see you know one <laughs> line across his forehead instead of yeah. wow, Okay, he's not at the you know extreme level of frowning versus you have someone shouting at one of our friends and then beating him up with the slipper, which actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) The the slipper attracts more people. Like the extremities in street theater attract more people. So if you've only done street theater, but yeah, I I get your point that if you have, if you're familiar with the extremities, then exploring the space in the middle probably does get a bit easier. Uh, So to wrap up, I have a would you rather round, which is essentially a set of five would you rather questions. Mm -hmm. And I just want to hear (laughs) your thoughts on that. So, Is it like
0: rapid ready? fire? Am I supposed to like shoot off as soon as possible or can I like speak a little more about that?
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Speak a lot more about it. no way. Uh, uh, yeah. So first of all, would you rather only do plays in Hindi or only do plays in English?
0: Ah, oh that's a tough one. <laughs> okay, can I
1: Cussing aside. It? Cussing aside. I...
0: <laughs> can I talk it out and then I'll find my answer at the end of my rank?
1: Yeah, sure, 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 sure. sure, sure. Okay, I've actually
0: been struggling with this because I have this I have this idea in my head brewing for a while now about this play that I want to write and and what I want to do it and that I want to stage it in college and it's just been there in my mind stirring since March so it's been a solid six eight months now and I haven't put down pen to paper because the play is just the idea is very. It's, it's Indian in its kind of context and its kind of essence and I'm worried that I'm probably going to have to do it in a language other than Hindi or English and, and then it's just going to be a little off or it's going to seem a little, there's going to be some weird sense of dissonance if, if kind of non-Indians are acting out essentially very Indian roles on stage. So to give you a fair comparison, if you think back to the play, uh, Deluxe Haircutting Salon, yeah? Yeah. Um, imagine doing that in Singapore. Imagine staging that in you know, That'd be impossible, man. That'd be yeah. impossible. You can't have, you can't, it's just a weird kind of dissonance to even think about it. Okay, so <laughs> that leads me to my answer. I think more of my ideas come from a sense of place and come from a sense of circumstance. So more of them are, are local and regionalized. So I'd like to, if I had to choose, I'd only perform in I'd also cool.
1: probably choose the same for a similar thought process. Like I was thinking more from the point of acting it out. But uh-huh. in a Hindi play, as an Indian person, it's a lot easier to act out a variety of parts. Whereas for, I mean, as as an Indian, it's no matter how good you are with your accent, no matter how much makeup <laughs> you have, it's still a bit unbelievable if you're playing a 16th century king of England.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just...
1: But again, this goes back to the whole, in my head, like acting, quote unquote, is, you know, getting into the character and making it believable. Whereas if you want to have a playwright who throws their out of the like, yeah, let's, let's change For this sure. up completely, then sure, that could also be there. But just in my mind, yeah, I would, between the For two, sure. I'd rather do them
0: only in Hindi. That's a good point. And it's also like, you know, it's our roots, basically. It's where we first, yeah. the first time we started performing was when our kind of English teachers would give us stuff to you know, recite out loud you're right It it creates a certain sense of oh English we speak English in this particular way or in this you're right, you're right. that's a good point
1: my beginnings were actually way before that first grade I was the golden deer in Ramayan. I had no <laughs> lines.
0: I was I had one I had
1: to hop around stage twice
0: and uh,
1: yeah I had no legs that was my entire role.
0: <laughs> start, start from the bottom line <laughs>
1: So, secondly,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: would you rather be a huge theatre star in India, well-known, performs in circuits, well-known in the circuit, or would you rather be the average struggling guy in Bollywood? Oh.
0: Uh, I never really, I've never really acted for screen. I think the only times I've acted for screen is with something that I've done with you, Arna, probably. Um, And I don't don't really enjoy it much. I don't think, I I think... um, I think the, the fun of kind of creating something for screen is behind yeah. the camera, not in front of it. Um, and I don't think actors have as much fun as, as the kind of people who are stitching it together do. Um, so i I choose, i choose, you know, being a huge star in the theater circuit, whatever that means. That's a controversial claim to make still, but... Yeah. <laughs> <not much. laughs> but yeah, i choose that, sure. What about you? That's, it's interesting, what would you do? Um, if, I, if I said not a struggling actor in Bollywood, perhaps maybe a director would Yeah,
1: um, it's probably between the, you have an established place in the theatre community versus you have the potential to be a huge star in Bollywood. Um, Between the two, yeah, similar where between acting on screen and acting on stage, I prefer acting on stage. But yeah, as you mentioned, I do enjoy like filmmaking behind the camera. I got into that as a result of the theatre club in school. Yeah, and
0: wouldn't you say that's more fun than acting on screen?
1: Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At least for me. Yeah, yeah. Finally, would you rather give up theatre or give up debate? In oh. like a competition <laughs> kind of context if you had to no, go no, back no, to no. school. In
0: the context, not, no. not like just <laughs> hard,
1: not like defending your opinion in front of anyone but just like go back to school in a competition context would you rather give up theatre or give
0: up debate? Yeah, for sure. That's easy. Well. Give up debate. Well. Not, it's not nearly as fun. You don't really kind of bond with people as much as you do. It doesn't give you as much to learn from. It makes you kind of an asshole, actually. Start to, anything anybody says, you start to kind of break it down. <laughs> no, no, well, that's the easiest one. <laughs> for sure, for sure.
1: But there has to be different kinds of fun. Like I remember uh, there's this huge debate in Sanskriti school in Delhi, where essentially I remember uh, this their teammate of yours, I think his name was Ankita,
0: yeah, yeah but
1: essentially at some point she said like i'd like to thank <laughs> the opposition because this is just proving my point and then everyone was just like
0: what okay sure <laughs> I, I remember i remember Ankita, Adit, Bhardwa, these guys used to really enjoy just 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 playing. so sure that's that, that kind of fun uh, but if you remember even even in that debate the real fun was coming from the audience cheering while we had to make this And that was comprised mostly of theater kids, right? So, so that's a testament to where the fun went. Oh man. Sorry if anybody is
1: listening to this from the Thanks for anybody listening to this. <laughs> So Subhanj, so thank you so much for taking the time out and sharing your no, experiences you so much, with theatre throughout the years and over different contexts. It's really
0: fun. I feel like we could have spoken for another
1: hour. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. And before they kick me out of the library, I think <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it will have to end. Thanks and so much, Good luck with everything at See you. See you next semester, buddy. <laughs> so that concludes part one of episode six of Quarantine. Stay tuned for the second part of this episode coming very soon. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed it.